Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio right here in Hattiesburg as the storms are rolling right across the parking lot uh, into the studio, it seems. It is uh, dark here, and it looks like another rainy afternoon here in South Mississippi. Hope you're good wherever you tuned in this afternoon, and we appreciate, as always, you tuning in on Super Talk affiliates around the state or online. Welcome to the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and Southern Miss Athletics. We appreciate all they do and encourage you the next time you have a taste for barbecue, make sure you make it Dickie's. All right, great show today. Father Tommy Conway, former team chaplain of Southern Miss, is going to be on the show a little later to share some of his memories of the great times that he had with head coach Jeff Bauer and the Golden Eagles. Kelly Sander will be joining us as well. But first, a rather serious conversation, and we're going to a guy that knows a lot about fundraising and financing and college athletics, Dick Vogel, uh, former head of the Southern Miss Eagle Club, now the senior project manager at William Carey University and our go-to guy on the Eagle Hour when it comes to uh, topics about uh, financing and college athletics. Dick, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, you're quite welcome. As you know, uh, the Supreme Court just unanimously ruled uh, in favor, uh, and I'm going to summarize it, of college athletes being able to receive compensation for their likeness and uh, in other ways to receive compensation uh, while being an amateur athlete athlete in college. Uh, that transfer rules have changed. It just seems like a lot of things are really changing in college athletics. And the Supreme Court ruling in, in particular, Dick, concerns me. Uh, you know, my interest is, is largely in uh, Southern Miss and, and mm-hmm. schools like that, uh, William Carey University. I wanted to get your thoughts today on how is this going to affect those universities, and it just seems to me that it is an ominous sign of the future. Yes, I, I personally don't like it. I've spoken to coaches. Um, you know, even the problem Southern Miss has put a tremendous amount of people in professional sports, from the NBA to the NFL to Major League Baseball, where we currently have players there, and uh, it it just amazes me now that a kid may make a decision based on how much money he can gain a gardener from being at a, at a bigger school. You know, we've always said, you know, come to Southern Miss where you can develop as a player, you know, possibly start, you know, if you're not redshirt, start your freshman or play some your freshman year. And by your fourth year, you're a talent. You've grown. You've got bigger. You know, I look at people like Adalius Thomas, you know, is probably the perfect example of that. And now that that same kid may say, well, maybe I'm better off going to to Alabama or maybe going to junior college for two years and then see if I can get into a you know a, a, one of the conference big bigger conference uh, programs. So it, I don't think it's going to sit well. It's going to put more pressure on our coaches to recruit. You know, baseball, 
Um, you know, we've had such a great tradition, and um, I worry about that. You know, football, obviously, we have a brand-new coach who's doing so well. Is this going to impact him? You know, you just it's, – it's a horrible decision. And, and where do you separate, uh, based on this decision, uh, where do you separate amateur and professional athletics? It seems to me that – that uh, the, the meaning of amateur athlete has been changed by this ruling. Absolutely, because, you know, in my mind, it was a good deal. A student athlete performed on the field, but his education was taken care of in most cases, even in some of the sports where you only get partial, such a big portion of your education was paid for. So now the, the, what the Supreme Court's saying is, you're still going to pay for their education. And by the way, they can still make a lot of money on the side. And how is that going to impact the team? You know, these are team sports. They're not individual sports. So here, you know, what happens, you know, if you have your, your Brett Favre on your team that now all of a sudden is making thousands of dollars, you know, for his likeness where the rest of the players are not, you know, so it's going to have a negative impact on the team as well. And what do you say to those, and I hear a lot of them, that that don't believe what kids receive now, which is free education, free tuition, room and board, books, food, that that they're not being compensated. How how do you square that? I I don't know how you can square it. You know, granted, a, a university like Southern Miss, you know, is probably at least the equivalent of 20000 plus a year. But then you go to schools like Northwestern and programs like that that are upward of forty and 50000 per year. How much compensation, you know, is necessary, you know, for playing ball? You know, you, know, you think about not just playing ball, but the school gives them free academic advisors, um, you know, takes care of them, marches them to class if necessary. Um, is really looking out for their future and making sure they have a good career, you know, career opportunities afterwards. It, um, it's, oh, it's just, I don't know how this decision really came about because it's going to hurt basically 60 to 70% of the programs, if not more. Do you think this furthers the, uh, the chances of the Power Five and, and maybe becoming the Power Six if they bring in the American Athletic Conference, just separating itself completely from the NCAA and the rest of the institutions in the country? You know, I couldn't tell you. Tell you I can't answer that question. But what I can tell you, it's not even the, the power five or if it becomes a six. I mean, there's already a divide in those, in those conferences. I mean, you have 10 to 15 schools that basically dominate. I mean, we all know that basketball and football are the big money makers. You know, as much as you'd like to say with the College World Series going on and Mississippi State being there, that that's a huge moneymaker, but it's not for the colleges. So football and basketball are your big, are your big money sports, and, and there's even going to be a major divide amongst those schools because you'll have a power 10, basically, and, and everyone else is going to struggle. I mean, if you have a choice of going to – to South Carolina or Alabama, you're probably going to take Alabama for its market market share. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Interesting point. There is now that you may bring that up. There is a division within the Power Five. There are the have not conferences almost within the Power Five. I, I think of the Pac-10, which seems to have mm-hmm. very little sway about things. 
Uh, the, but the dominant conference, obviously, the SEC select schools uh, like Ohio State and Michigan, Michigan State uh, from the Big Ten, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the Big Twelve, uh, and some ACC schools. But you're right. Uh, you're right. Really, there is a Power Five within a Power Five, which may now become even even a, a bigger separation. Absolutely, and unless you're a top 10 football or top 10 basketball team, that's where all the media attention is. It's um, hmm. You indicated, too, you think it will affect the NAIA schools like William Carey. Yes, I think our coaches, uh, you know, they're very happy that we're able to keep a, a player for an, an additional year. But I, I think what we're finding out in recruiting is even kids like that have, you know, reasonable potential to grow and become a better athlete. Um, I look at like schools like Summerall that did so well in baseball. You know, has a lot of talent. Maybe not all of them are ready for for D one, but we're you know we're seeing a lot of those kids being convinced to go to junior college rather than other four year programs because the coach is promising them. They're saying like this year I put ten people in Division one programs. So there's always that hope, and I think you're seeing a lot of kids, you know, go that route instead of going to to the, the William Carey's or even the McNeese's and schools like that. The kids are going to junior colleges in the hopes of getting into a, a top-notch D1 program. And the Delta States and the North Alabamas and the West Alabamas of, of Division Two affected as well, right? Yes. they're You know, it's funny. I, I spoke to Coach Alfred specifically on baseball uh, today, and he mentioned Delta State where he's very close, and, uh, and we, you know, we played them, and they're suffering the same fate, trying to recruit a, a – and that's a storied program in baseball. No question. And, and yet they're, lo- they're losing kids to the Mississippi Junior College system. All right, about 30 seconds left, Dick. Uh, put on your, uh, your futuristic uh, forecasting hat. Five years from now, ten years from now, what is the landscape going to look like? I think the, the, it will be the divide that you talked about. I think there will be a premier 15 programs followed by, you know, maybe the, the BCS conference, followed by the second-level, you know, programs. I, I just hope Southern Miss can, can make the cut. I really do. I think we've got a great new coach, and I'm excited about what I'm hearing. In summary, the future is very, very uncertain, made more uncertain by this ruling. Is that fair to say? Yes, very fair to say. Dick, always appreciate your input, my friend. Uh, you're always a welcome guest on the Eagle Hour, and we thank you for all you do at the great university, William Carey University. Thank you so much for all your promotion to Southern Miss. It's first class. All right. William Carey University Senior Project Manager, Dick Vogel. Great guy, very knowledgeable about uh, athletics and the financing that surrounds it. Let's have some fun when we come back. Let's bring Father Tommy Conway on, and let's talk about some of the great times he had with Jeff Bauer and the Golden Eagles. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the show. Bob Getty, First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke Off, he'll be back on the show Thursday. 
want to thank Dick Vogel for joining us uh, in the opening segment. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. What a great place to buy Southern Miss apparel. Miss Kathleen and her staff are waiting on you right now. And they've got a great selection of summer merchandise and new football merchandise at Campus Bookmart, CampusBookmart.net. From 2000, uh, the year 2000 through 2014, our next guest was the team chaplain for the Southern Miss football program, a, uh, I think a very iconic figure in the Jeff Bauer era of football, which were wonderful, glorious years. Father Tommy Conway joins the Eagle Hour. Father Tommy, good to hear from you again. How are you, sir? And good to be on. I'm doing terrific. Thank you. Uh, all is going very well. I was uh, exciting this morning. I was at the inauguration of our, our mayor and downtown and our our uh, councilman was very exciting event, very well, very well done. I'm sure, Father Tommy, that a lot of people remember back in the days uh, that you were team chaplain and, and the uh, Jeff Bauer show came on every Tuesday night. I was living in the Delta then, was an avid listener. You were like the celebrity guest. You brought all the humor and all the fun to the show. You had a good time when you were the chaplain, didn't you? I had a great time as the chaplain. Now, I wasn't the chaplain all the way from 2000 to 2014. I was on campus for those 14 years, but some of those years I was the, the team chaplain. And it was a great privilege to be there, Bob. I felt like all my time on campus, whether it was at a sporting event or having church at St. Thomas or traveling with the team or going to Eagle Hour or attending Eagle Club functions, I felt like all that was part of my ministry. And all those different groups were like part of my extended family away from home. So they were fantastic years at I think much of the same excitement that we had back then seems to have uh, come back under Coach Hall as our, as our new head coach before we ever play one game. It's a very exciting time. There's a great buzz around Hattiesburg about football once again. i got to ask you about the stick, Father Tommy. For, for listeners that may not know, you carried the stick on the sidelines, and I may be describing it erroneously, but let, let listeners know what I'm talking about. Okay, back, uh, uh, I think it was in 2008, uh, TCU were coming to Hattiesburg. And it was towards the end of the season. They were ranked, I think, 13 in the nation. And if they had beaten us, they would have gone on to play in a very serious bowl game that would have brought in a lot of money into Conference USA. And everybody was like, oh, it's a done deal. We're going to get hammered and we're were beaten before we on the field. But with the team, there was a sense of courage and there was a sense of excitement and there was this sense that, you know, we could pull this off in the rock. Uh, and so I had the privilege of uh, four hours before every game uh, having a prayer service with the team. So in the Bible, in the Old Testament, obviously people are aware of the, the plagues, that when Pharaoh wouldn't let the people go, uh, there was those plagues sent. So the second plague was the plague of the frogs. And uh, it said the frogs were everywhere. They were in, their, in the kitchen, and they were in the ki- cooking utensils, and they were in their beds. They were everywhere. And so the TCU were the hardened frogs. So I read that scripture, and I said to them, hey, these hardened frogs are coming in here, and they're going to try to, um, they're going to, try to destroy us at the rock. But that's not going to happen. And I said, Moses... I'm not Moses, and I don't, uh, I don't um, act like Moses, but Moses held up his staff, and as, they, as the people battled, they've got courage from Moses standing with his staff. So I said, I'm going to have this stick. It's not, it's not a shillelagh. It's an Irish blackthorn stick. And an old man gave it to me years ago. His name was Paddy Conway. He's now deceased. 
And I said, I'm going to have this stick on the sidelines. And I truly believe that you guys are going to uh, beat TCU. And every time you go on the field, the offense goes on the field, I'm going to be holding up that stick. And every time you come off the field, I'm going to be holding up that stick. And every time you score, I'm going to be holding up that stick. And I said, we can do it. Well, sure enough, we went out and we beat TCU. And I carried the stick with me from then on for every single game uh, at the Rock. And even Patrick Stewart carried it for me at two away games. We had it every game. Now, by the way, we were back at TCU the next year, and I was told a good few times what to do with my stick. <laughs> it, was, it was Texas Christian University, but it was the most un-Christian un-Christian atmosphere. <laughs> Wait, that told you where you could put the stick. Is that what you're saying, Father Tommy? <laughs> they sure did. They sure did many times. Now, so we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. There's some great players came through in those times. And Jeff Bauer, he did it the right way. No matter what his critics say, every time, no matter if we got back in, Bob, at 4 o'clock in the morning, Jeff Bauer would say to his players, now, guys, you guys got class in the morning. I'll have my coaches there. You better have your butt in the classroom. It was, that was the most important thing for him. He was, he was really a great guy and a great friend. Uh, no question. I, 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 I look. I say without reservation. I'm a huge Jeff Bauer fan. Always was. Was upset uh, uh, when he left. But I, but I want I want to ask you to to comment for just a minute on the man Jeff Bauer and the relationship uh, that he had with the young men that came through his program, Father Tommy. That total respect, absolutely respect that those men had for Jeff Bauer. They came back consistently on campus to visit with him in his office. He has, people might realize this. Jeff Bauer has a brilliant uh, mind for names. He rarely forgets the player's name, past and present. He, he's a brilliant memory for names. And he, those guys, they respected him. He was strict. You know, he made it, them do it the right way. But, boy, they, they appreciated it and acknowledged it and accepted it. And they, they gave their all for him. I know you had a lot of great times. Is there is there any game or any specific time that sticks out in your mind as, as maybe your fondest memory of your time with the football program? Well, well, obviously that game um, against TCU stands out a mile. But, you know, being on the road, all the away games were great. There was great camaraderie. There was, uh, there was great, always great when we bring fans along with us and we meet them the night before and the morning of at breakfast. All those games. And then... To play at the Rock, you know, those consistent, faithful fans, all those, the homecoming games were always very, very special and times like that, you know. So there's, there's a lot of really great memories and great coaches. Uh, Jeff Bauer had a great bunch, including Coach Hobson, uh, Mitch Rodriguez, all those guys that coached under him were all, all really fine, fine, upstanding men, you know. They're, they were great role models for, for what I would want for our teenagers. How did you get this job to begin with, Father Tommy? Well, it was very early on. Uh, Jeff Bauer sent word to me that he was looking for a team chaplain. And uh, it was, uh, I had to think about it for 10 seconds. And I said, absolutely. And it was, it was great at the time because I was at St. Thomas and I had a, another priest with me, Father Godfrey. So I could miss the all, I could go travel with the team to all the away games. You know, it's not that way now. I'm by myself. But it was, it was a really great privilege to be able to do it. And he just, he told me what he wanted. He was very clear. I want you to be available to the team. I want you to come to anything that you want to come to. I want you to be part of it. And anytime there was struggles and difficulties, I was there for that, you know. And, and uh, I, I'd known Bauer, Coach Bauer before that, you know, obviously through the tragedy of uh, 
uh, losing his daughter in that traffic accident. I was at the funeral with him and with Debbie and and uh, so it was uh, and Stephanie. So it was it was um, I was there with him in bad times, but with many 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 good times as well. Now, rumor has it that uh, your parishioners who may not have followed Southern Miss football could kind of tell how they had done on Saturday by your mood when you got to church on Sunday. <laughs> well, that was the deal. I had this little <laughs> thing going that if Southern Miss uh, won uh, on Saturday night, I um, I would cut my sermon in half. And if if Southern Miss and, and Notre Dame both won, I, I, I cut three quarters of the sermon out. They always look forward to that. But, but honestly, Bob, even myself, when we were, when we would lose a game, my head would be hanging. And when we come home after a win, the same way my head was high in the air, it was like I was walking on air into church. And people certainly could could say if they hadn't heard the results, they'd know by me on a Sunday morning whether we won or lost. It didn't matter what time we got back at. I always was there on Sunday morning. I think that's what I loved about Jeff Byer the most, Father Tommy. I always felt like he was right there with us. Uh, felt the pain of the losses the same way the fan base did and the joy of the wins. Was I right about that? that, that that's for sure. Absolutely, 100%. Absolutely. And and he was great as well. He, he was very good to the young men. He said, you know, I know you're going to celebrate, but just take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and don't do anything foolish. And when you have college students, you know, you can't, you can't lock them up and tight. You have to give them some freedom. And I, I knew from my own college days and the, the college I went to, they gave us enough rope to hang ourselves, so to speak. <laughs> and, and that's how you become mature. And that's, if, if you're just tied up all the time, you, you cannot mature. You have to let loose and, and use your responsibility and use them wisely. And for the most part, you very rarely heard of any of Coach Bowers' players uh, getting into difficulty. And I remember one time the two players that did get in difficulty on campus. And I remember specifically Coach Bowers talking to me, and he said, I'm going to give them a second chance. If I take them off this team, he said, they're going to go back to where they came from, end up on drugs or doing something negative. And sure enough, those two young men turned into two fine young fellas, without going into details. And that's the kind of person that Jeff Bauer is and was. Father Tommy, you will always be a very iconic part of Southern Miss football history, and uh, you're always very kind about coming on our show, and um, and, and just you're a great guy. I, I appreciate your time, and I appreciate the, all the great memories uh, you leave us with regarding Jeff Bauer and the Golden Eagles. Thank you very much. In case people forget, I attended my first Southern Miss game 35 years ago in 1986. There was a guy on the team called Kenny Spencer. His wife, Maureen, was heavily pregnant with her first child, and she brought me to my first Southern Miss game, and I've tried not to miss any since then. So, Southern Miss to the top. Thank you, Bob. All right. Thank you, Father Tommy Conway, everybody. What a great guy. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Father Tommy Conway for joining me uh, earlier in the Eagle Hour. What a fun conversation uh, that was. Uh, this segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Slay the gang down there serving up great plate lunches every day for $8.95. And I mean to tell you, it's a lot of food for guys like me and Kelly Santer. Plenty for us. We know it's plenty for you. Great sandwiches. Man, I hadn't had one in a while, but I'm going to have to change that. Um, the best Shrimp Pool Boys in Hattiesburg, and always a lot of fun at 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
Uh, Kelly joins me. Kelly, I know you remember Father Tommy Conway and uh, oh, yeah. the, the stick on the sidelines and uh, just some uh, some great times with Southern Miss football. Oh, yeah. Father Tommy was, was always always there, always been a big supporter. And even after Coach Bauer left, you know, and then consequently, you know, he left. He just, he's just always been a big big supporter. And now he's a, a pastor out at St. Fabian up there in West Hattiesburg as Hattiesburg continues to grow that direction. So Beautiful. as long as he's here, you know, you, you know you're going to have a fan. You were talking about that 895 lunch, too, about at 4th Street. 4th Street's been a sponsor of the Eagle Hour a long time. Do you ever remember the price ever going up either? No, that's it's a good always, point. It's always been eight ninety five, hasn't it? <laughs> it has. <laughs> and and you would think that after the pandemic, you know, some businesses would say, Well, we gotta recoup, you know, maybe a little bit of money we didn't make during the pandemic and maybe Right. You know, not there. Prices. Nope, not there. Eight ninety five. Man, what a what a value. And it's good too. And it's oh, uh, yeah. and it's a lot of food. You know, sometimes you go to some of I won't name them, but there's some restaurants yeah. you can go to around here and you're still hungry when you leave. Not at yeah. Four Street Bar and Grill. You're not you're yeah, not my, hungry my, when you leave there. My daughter tried the whole vegan thing and for her birthday one year over in the ATL, this would have been probably two thousand eighteen. So I said, What do you where do you want to go for your your birthday dinner. So she wanted to go to this vegan restaurant. So, and I promise you, Bob, we got like three little pieces of, of, I don't even know what you call it, but (laughs) one of it looked like one, one green bean. It looked like, and then another thing looked like just a little, a little, um, little square of like, looked like yogurt, but it was like, and something, and it was like $35 a piece. Did, you know, did she going, think that was a deal? I, I, I don't I don't know, but I was going, this is not enough food to keep a June bug alive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and paying 35 bucks a head for this? Yeah, you yeah. Know, now look, I, you know, I do okay. As you know, I live in Cambridge. Um, Correct. But, you remind but, us of that every day, Kelly, but yes, go ahead. <laughs> but 35 bucks for <laughs> next to nothing was, you know. Right, a little bit too rich for my even my taste. Well, that's but, not going to happen at Four Street Bar and Grill. No, you're going to get plenty sure. to eat, and the food is always going to be good. All right, uh, Kelly, you got a little football news, Southern Miss football news. Oh yeah, the countdown is on, Bob. We're getting closer to kickoff uh, for the fall, and of course, Coach Will Hall. You would think that he's the lead singer for Foreigner or something these days. The way that he is hitting the road, he is all over the South promoting uh, promoting his program. Uh, stops in in July include the cities of Jackson, and then he'll go to the coast. Long Beach, he's going to go over to Baton Rouge, right in the LSU's backyard, and uh, and promote the Southern Miss program. He's going to go up to Huntsville, Alabama, where there's quite a strong uh, contingency of, uh, of Southern Miss alum. And he's even going to go to Houston, Texas in August and talk to some uh, some groups in Houston. And the tour will actually wind up in Hattiesburg, of all places, on August 14th, a couple of weeks um before the season is scheduled to begin. And, of course, we haven't heard officially that all COVID things are going to be off the table, but they're expecting full crowds. And, and this, is, this is one of the benefits, with all due respect to, to older coaches, this is one of the benefits you get with these younger guys, is they've got the, you know, the vim, vigor, and vitality to, to hit the road and go over to these different towns and, and fire up the fan bases who don't really get a lot of um, – uh, eye-to-eye contact, if you will, with, with these coaches, uh, especially the football coach when, like it or not, particularly in the South, the football program pays the bills for most of the rest of the athletic department. So it's real important for the coach to get out there and, 
and promote the program. So again, uh, the Will Hall Tour continuing dates filling in, but right now bookings in Jackson, Long Beach, Baton Rouge, Huntsville, Houston, and um, then Hattiesburg on August 14th. Ironically, uh, Prince was booked to open for him, but of course, tragically, Prince is no longer with us. So, um, but getting around to promote the program. Also, Southern Miss Football News, they have, they have secured another commitment from a premier defensive tackle, six foot six, 260 pound defensive tackle, Joker Gill. Now, his name might be Joker, but believe me, he is all business when he plays football, coming from the national champion of Mississippi Gulf Coast Junior College Bulldogs. He's out in Neshoba Central High School in Philadelphia, Mississippi, but he fits the absolute, uh, checks every box that, that Will Hall and his staff want. Of course, the most important one that he's from Mississippi. And when you look at all these most recent commitments, Bob, on both the offensive and defensive line, and, um, and somebody described it, I think we talked about it last week on the show, that that was one of the things they wanted to address immediately was offensive and defensive line. And, um, and they said that, that the Southern Miss staff filling those spots is like swatting a, uh, a fly with a hammer. I mean, they've gotten some really, really good players. And they're from Mississippi because they've said they're really going really gonna to scour Mississippi and leave no stone unturned, particularly in South Mississippi. And really, they're just going to go to Louisiana, to the panhandle of Florida, Mississippi, and maybe the western uh, extremes of Alabama. But that's it. And they think that they can win and win in Conference USA by getting the right players in that small geographic area. And if they can, that's going to be a, a pattern of success that other teams are going to try to copy because for financial reasons, it's good to you know, for recruiting expenses, you're not going to have near the recruiting expenses if you're staying that close. It's going to help fan bases uh, sell season tickets because they're going to get to see the local kids play. And, uh, man, it's very, very optimistic right now of the tone that you can certainly hear. In the National Football League, your Washington football team, Bob, has named one of the few NFL female executives as co-CEO. Now, it should be noted that the new co-CEO of the Washington football team is the wife of the owner, Tanya Snyder. The wife of uh, Dan Snyder is now named co-CEO, but nonetheless is now one of the few NFL female execs. And in college, in college news, uh, just south of us here at the University of New Orleans, Ashley Preston has been named the new volleyball coach. She is going to New Orleans from Cal State Fullerton, where she was the Big West Coach of the Year, uh, Cal State Fullerton canceled their volleyball program uh, last season because of COVID, but the year prior to that, she was the Big West Coach of the Year. So that's quite a, that's quite a get for New Orleans out of the Southland to get Ashley Preston to leave uh, Cal State Fullerton to go to New Orleans. So that's a little bit about a lot of things, Bob Getty, around the, around the Mississippi and indeed the country. Well, not only is the uh, football staff focusing on Mississippi kids, which I th- agree, I think is great, they're really focusing on linemen, uh, Kelly, both offensive and defensive linemen. They're good. It looks like to me they're building this football team from the lines out. And that's really, you know, like you build a baseball team up the middle to talk about, right? You've got to have a great catcher, two really good middle infielders, and a center fielder, right? And, of course, right. the pitcher's up the middle as well. That's where the strongest baseball teams are built. And the strongest football teams are in the trenches on both offensive and defensive lines. And – Contrary to baseball, those baseball guys up the middle tend, tend to be 
your uh, your marquee guys too, your pitchers, catchers, center fielders, those type of guys. But in football, the linemen don't get a lot of credit. You rarely you rarely hear a lot about the offensive or defensive line unless a penalty is is called on them. But uh, but that's where that's where it's won is on both offensive and defensive lines. And they talk about changing the the attitude and the culture at Southern Miss. Well, they've signed, if not three, maybe four players from Mississippi Gulf Coast. What's important about that is Mississippi Gulf Coast is the national junior college champion. So you've got guys that know what it takes to win big games and have played in big games against great competition. So the fact that they got these guys from Gulf Coast on board, that means a lot. Mississippi Gulf Coast... You know, and I don't have any skin in that game, but I'm just saying, when you when you sign somebody from Mississippi Gulf Coast, you're not signing just a JUCO player. Does that make sense? Right. You, you're you're getting a guy that knows what it takes right. to win and to, and to get the ring. And clearly, over the last couple of three years, the weakness of the Southern Miss football team has been the inability to stop people from running. And boy, did Will Hall ever expose that last year. And, uh, and the ability to protect the quarterback and generate a running game. So that all goes back to offense and defensive line. First thing Coach Hall is addressing, that should be encouraging to Southern Miss football fans. And other those things that you just mentioned, Bob, we were okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah other, than, other than not being able to run or stop the other team from running, we were pretty damn good. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and how rude for Will Hall to come in here and put up 66 on us in, in our own backyard. You'd think the guy might have been campaigning for a job. Yeah, it worked out, didn't it? Uh, seems like it worked out. But in all seriousness, he's building it the right way. And uh, the long-term way, Kelly, if, you, if you're really strong offensively and defensively on the line of scrimmage, you can get by with average skill play talent because you can just dominate the flow of the game. And depth. You know, right. in case there's injuries, you've got depth. Man, numbers are so important. Right. All right, Kelly and I will continue. Wrap up another edition of the Eagle Eye Run on the other side of the break. Stay with us. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, we want to thank D1 and DBAT for their sponsorship of our program. It is a state-of-the-art training facility on Hardy Street for baseball, softball, uh, for really any sport for adults. Uh, Kelly, you've been there. D1 and DBAT, that's about as fine a facility as you could go to. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, too, Bob, is, you know, you, you coached travel softball back in the day, and I've coached youth baseball for 100 years, and I think if, if there's one thing that parents need to understand now is that though there is pressure to play this travel stuff all year round, they really need to have the strength to tell their child to put the ball down in the off season, meaning late summer and in the fall. Go to people like D1 who can help them with speed and agility, quickness, some lightweight training, 
because arms, you know, not so much in softball because physiologically, pitchers in particular, that's the way the body's designed to throw a ball underhanded. But baseball-wise, there's too many kids' arms being ruined by overuse. Remember, parents, it's not just playing games doesn't make your kid better. All right, all it does is further entrench bad habits. Put the ball down in the offseason. Go to a place like D1. Work on speed, agility, and strength. And your, your son's arm, your daughter's arm will be much better for it in the spring. And, and even Major League Baseball players put the ball down for three or four months. Just remember that. Good advice. You know, we uh, we really appreciate all of our listeners, and I don't think when we started this show we ever imagined that it no. would uh, become what it has. And it's because of people uh, like these two gentlemen, I just want to give a shout-out to Barry Grantham and Lee Ramsey-Smith, listeners who have communicated great ideas to me, who have uh, talked about interviews that we've done, made suggestions about future interviews, posted our interviews on other media sites, really helped uh, – Help promote the Eagle Hour, and uh, they're the reason. Guys, guys like you are the reason that we do this show every day. And uh, I, I, I got to tell you so much. Yeah, Barry Grantham one time uh, reached out to me on on something like a Facebook post or something, and was uh, had very high praise for the show and for one particular segment that I did. And I don't know Mr. Grantham, so I I, I just texted back and I said, you know, because it was so, it was such a glowing. Uh, endorsement. I was I was humbled by it, but I texted him back and I said, "Who put you up to this? <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who paid you to write this?" thing to me, because lots of times we're in a situation where, and and we say this, even though sometimes we will criticize Southern Miss, don't misunderstand us. We're black and gold through and through, but just like any other family, sometimes we we have problems with our own family members. You know, right. But as a family, we can talk it out. Now we don't want Mississippi State or Ole Miss people talking bad no, about us. But no. if we want to talk, talk bad about ourselves, right? You know, that's a little different. And and sometimes people misunderstand that that we're anti. We're not anti Southern Miss. Good heavens, we're, you know. But if nobody points things out, you know, sometimes if it's if you don't point out that there's a problem, maybe that's right. No, you're you right. You're you exactly right. And we, and we appreciate their input. We encourage yeah. that input. And I don't want you to think when you send me messages that I just blow them off. I don't. I read them and I think about them. And uh, I'm grateful for everyone uh, who reaches out to me and gives me their opinions on the show. Right, I'm going to I'm gonna confess something, Kelly Sander. I'm going to open myself up to criticism. I'm a Southern Miss guy to the bone. And no one right. loves Southern Miss baseball more than I. And normally, I'm for Southern Miss to do really well and the other two schools not to do so well. But I found myself last night watching the College World Series and everything that led up to it, the way that Vanderbilt got there. There's no fault of the players, but nevertheless, the way they got there. And it occurred to me last night, you know, what a year would this be if Mississippi State could win the World Series and Ole Miss and Southern Miss are finishing in the top 20 and you have three Mississippi universities in the top 20 and one winning the national championship. And I find myself really hoping that Mississippi State can play well tonight and put down Vanderbilt and win this tournament. And I think there, there was some, and I saw something on social media today. I know Virginia Tech was one of the other ones. But Mississippi State is one of a few, maybe three or four schools 
that in the modern day of the NCAA doesn't have any national championship in anything. That's um, right. That's correct. Yeah, Virginia Tech, Mississippi State, and I think there was either one or two other schools. Um, so, you know, from, just from that standpoint, you'd like to see you know, Mississippi State win. And you're right, the, the deck is so stacked against Mississippi State that because of the North Carolina State thing, Vanderbilt could rest one of their stud starters. Right. You know, and the poor kid last night from Mississippi State, I just felt so bad for him because he was, you could just tell, he was a wreck. Right. You know, having to, having to start in that game with all the national attention. And you know, he didn't respond very well to it, and I hate that. Um, and I hope that he won't bear that the you know the rest of his life. But yeah, it's it's like you know they might not be able to quote unquote fix these things, fix games, but the NCAA can certainly stack the deck. And they pro. have, and yes, they have, pro. yeah, for yes, sure, they have against Mississippi State. So yeah, uh, game time tonight at six. Hopefully the Bulldogs will play very well and, and represent all of our programs: Southern Miss, Ole Miss. Mississippi State, I think in a sense they represent us all. All right, that wraps up the show today. Shelton Gandy on the show a little later. We're working on some great guests for you that we think we're going to have the next few days. Tomorrow at 1 o'clock, we'll be back. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.